0: Uh, let's turn to the scripture um book of uh Genesis uh sorry book of the judges chapter 6 book of the judges chapter 6 Let's read from uh, verse uh, uh, 11, Book of Judges, verse 6, uh, sorry, chapter 6, verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was uh, in Ophrah that pretendeth unto Joash the Abizurite, and his son Gideon threshed the wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianite. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of a viler. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Oh, let us uh, uh, remember this. The Lord said, Go in this, not my might, not somebody else's might. He said, Go in this thy might. Oh, yeah. That means that there's something already in you. You just need to get a kick so that you realize who you are. He said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is a poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my presence, and set it before thee, and he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went then, and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an, uh, an epha of flour The flesh he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the oak, and presented. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock. It's not any other rock, but lay that on this rock. And he poured out to the broth, and he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and a touch of the flesh, and unleavened the unleavened cakes. And there rose up a fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cake. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Let's turn to uh, New Testament, the second Corinthians. Chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four verse six. Uh, this is the scripture that we uh, read it uh, last time and that I want to read it again. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 6. "For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ." But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. May the Lord bless His word. You may be seated. You know, when we um, first believe in the message... Uh, we know uh, since it started at the beginning, we already know this is not going to be a, a smooth journey. And how hard that we came out of the denomination, how hard we have to um, uh, dump out our own um, ideas, our own uh, thoughts, uh, things that we haven't been uh, filled our mind for so many years uh, uh, in, the, in those churches, uh, the theologians and, and different things. And that is already a hard battle. And for some people, they're in the world, uh, they have to, uh, uh, they know how hard that is, uh, when they are heard in the message. It's take the word, as to wash them clean. And uh, day after day, then the month after month, and sometime, and even when we're living on this earth, so though as a uh, born-again Christian, but still, we have to battle with this uh, flesh. Because we're still living in this uh, earthen vessel. Still living in this flesh. It's constantly giving us trouble. And then we, uh, if we were a message believer, we understand the war is not just uh, started on this earth. The war is started in heaven. So we're not uh, dealing with uh, just an uh, earthly uh, enemy. We're dealing with this uh, a heavenly enemy. And he was used to be in the heaven, but then he was uh, cast down. And when we know that the message has taught us uh, how the war that started in heaven is because um, the Lucifer he wants to um, had a better kingdom or more beautiful kingdom than uh, the Michael had. So the war had already started in heaven. Just by, if I can say, uh, just in um, a simple word. Uh, the war started because somebody thinking, this is not enough. And they must add on something. Or they has to polish it up something. So that's what is exactly what Satan has done in heaven. When God created everything, when God had a kingdom, he has his way to run. But Satan said, no, I don't think that's a good idea, God. You know, I don't think you... Uh, you, you, uh, maybe you did a good job. Everything that you do, it seems as, as fine now. But I think I had a better, uh, better idea. Maybe just if you allow me, I can make your kingdom a little better. I can add on something that to what you already made. But you see, whenever God has made certain things, that is the perfect already. He doesn't need anything to add it on. When God sends the word to you, He doesn't need to add anything on it. When God says certain things to you, He doesn't need anything that you try to polish it up or try to um, make it a little turn here and make a little turn over there. Uh, try to um, make this uh, look better or, or we can say or make this journey a little easier. There's a no such a thing. Whenever God says certain things or had His will that's in us, you must follow the will of the Lord. No matter how hard it is, and no matter what anybody else said, when God make this as real to you, this is Him made as a personally to you, and you must be followed through. So when the Satan will try to in the heaven, one try to do that, we find that he, uh, he, he take this. Or he probably uh, sharing his idea with his all uh, his angels. He was saying to the angels, maybe he said, uh, "You know, you're an angel that are create, created by God." But aren't you boring? You think about every day, you just, uh, the only thing that you do is just cry, holy, holy, holy. You've been uh, crying that for years after years, zillions of years, only holy, holy, holy. Aren't you boring? Aren't you boring just worship God, you know, just coming to the church and then the Wednesday and the Sunday morning and a Sunday night, and just, uh, uh, doing this year after year. You know, heaven's supposed to be a good good place. Heaven's supposed to be a, a beautiful place. Have the, have, you should have a lot of fun. Don't just come in, uh, you know, just... Uh, you, you're, you're young. You're still young girl. You're still a young boy. You have many things uh, in your future that you can achieve. You know, you can uh, do your business. You have a career. You have a lot of things uh, that are in front of you that you never even touched at. Isn't that the devil Sometime that he brings a the war in heaven? And down to the earth, and he might be convinced that some of this angel, and which he did. The one third of an angel that followed Satan's preaching or his idea, then fallen with him, and all what he said to them, they just you know what God has had is just not enough. If we can put in today's version, the same side of the message just not enough. It seems like to have a face of God's Word, just not enough. You got to have a little feeling of it. You got to have a little sign of it. You must have a little emotion, have a little this and a little that to add on that. Faith doesn't have anything else. Faith is just to believe what God has said. And don't even argue, don't even debate, and don't even try to reasoning with Satan. Faith doesn't need any reasoning. Whatever God has said to me, that is finished. When God said if it is the stripes that I'm healed, that I'm healed. I don't care if the symptoms shows or the symptoms show good or the symptoms show bad, that doesn't matter to me. No matter what is the doctor said, give me a good report, or doctor Dolan gave me a good report, or give me, me a bad report. Faith only built on what God has said. No matter what symptom that happened to your children, no matter what symptom that happened to your this and that, your job, or whoever said what, faith doesn't need an answer. Faith doesn't need a reason. Faith doesn't build on imagination. Faith only believes what God has said to be the truth. And walk on. But some angels just give their ear to Satan to listen something more than they should. They listen, and then those words convince them, and then they fall. And then we saw the Satan as to get on this earth, and he did the, the same thing to Eve, to the woman. And then he said, "Does uh, oh, God has said this?" And he said um, oh, to the woman, and just said that you know what? You're a beautiful woman. You know, don't you know there's a something more that's for you?" And the God, I know the God said that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But don't you realize that there's a something more that it may be just not enough than what you have. Let us understand that whatever God gave us, He already proved it through and through, and that is good enough for us. And you'll find that the same spirit that happened on this earth, nothing has changed. And to the Satan, what he did in the thousands of years ago, that he's doing still the same thing. And he probably will give that answer to the people, says, you know, it's just not enough. Why have to build on one person? That is now, his name is called William Branham, you call him as a, the prophet. Well, I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree that, that he's a, the prophet, but don't you think there's a, something more than the, the prophet that, that God can give it to us? Don't you think there's some more people who have a better revelation, and uh, maybe this is the prophet it just didn't say, uh, didn't see it, and the Lord gave it to us in this age? Nonsense. When God approves it of one person, when He proved it says, This is the thus says the Lord, and to us that should be good enough. Never that the, the Satan tried to raise anything to you said it's not enough. When God gave it to you, when He proved that to you, that means that this is good enough for you. This is good enough for your healing. This is good enough for a marriage life. This is good enough for a rapture. This is good enough for everything that you needed for this journey. And then when we saw, that on the let me just give to some an example over here, and then you thinking about the people, and uh, you know why people, uh, maybe this is getting a little bit of personal, you know why woman they have to um, put uh, uh, put a cost uh, c- costume, no not costume, sorry, cosmetic uh, sorry not costume, Well, it's kind of like a costume though. You know why they have to they put an eyebrow, why they have to, they, to uh, uh, put a powder, and why they have to do all of this kind, uh, kind of things. The reason is because they think it is not enough. And some of the, the believers, some of the sisters, they are the most beautiful sister in our church. Let's just get a personal down to our own address. They are the most beautiful sister that you can ever find. You can ever see, but it still put a powder on. They do this and they do that. What is the what make them do that? They just feel this is not enough. My beauty is just not enough. When God give you the beauty of a holiness, there's something just uh, Satan just reasoning to you. Said that's just not enough. You know, sometimes. Uh, I, I don't hope this is just like uh, it's like a joke. It's not like a joke. But some people, you know, you're you're, you're talking to your wife, um, and maybe your wife had asked and said, "Honey, why do you love me?" Oh, I love you because you you have the character. That's what is the praise that can be for the woman. But some sister might be saying, "What do you mean character?" I'm not looking at beautiful. So you have to say, you know, you have the character. You just twisted your thinking. That is the most uh, elaborated thing that we can to say to our wife. You have a character. When you have a character, you don't need anything else. Beauty can go away. Your beautiful body can go away. But a character that you have, that can make you last forever. That's the only thing you can bring to heaven. But you see that the people are just thinking, it's just not enough. Then they have to add it on. They have to just add it on a little bit more. But you see, when God give it to you, He intended to say, this is all I give it to you. You don't need to add on anything. If I have given this to you, you just have a faith enough to believe what I give it to you will have a long lasting effect. Can take a hold of you, can protect you. If God gave you a wife, and maybe she's not the most beautiful, but if she got a character of her Christ, your husband should be the most thankful husband that is in the whole world. And the vice versa, it's the same thing. Maybe your husband is of bald-headed, and maybe it has a few hair that he was combing, and they try to look at it in the mirror, and don't have much to look at it. But if he got a character, godly character, that is the best thing that you can ever have. And you mom and you father, if you have a children can sit in this church, can believe in the Lord of many, lonely going through the struggle, but in their heart and the desire for the Lord, that is the best thing you can ever have. Well, God gave it to you that is good enough. If God has started this work, God is going to finish this work. No man, no Satan, no world in this, no entertainment, no nothing can take your loved one away from your hand. Because God had to hold them in His hand and then put them into your hand. He said, it's not you trying to protect them, but I already protected them. Like a Gideon, I already sent them in this might, go in this your might. You have enough power that is laid in you to protect your children. You have enough power that is laid in you that is to protect your family. Because it's not what you do, it's by faith to believe in what is the Word of God. has said, the only thing you need to do, don't add anything, just believe on it. And some people, they might be, add on this and add on that. And the way, as soon as you start to add on anything, you'll find out that the word of God starts to lose its effect. And all we should be settled down. It should be to just set down in the word of God. In the second Corinthians chapter 12 of verse 9, verse 8, it said, for this thing, Paul said he besotted the Lord thrice. That he might depart from me, because the thorn that was in him. Then he said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. In another word, what I give it to you, the grace is enough. It doesn't need to add down anything. What you need to do is just be satisfied with what God has already given to you. Maybe you are in the weakness. Maybe your strength is gone. Maybe you are in the trouble. Maybe you are in the trial. But he said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness. When you are weak... That is where you become strong. So that's why Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, would I rather glory in my infirmity, that the power of a Christ may rest upon me. Amen. Amen. He said, Therefore, I take a pleasure in infirmities. Why? Because in that infirmity, God said, My grace is sufficient. It's in that infirmity, you experience the grace that you never experienced before. Then it's in the reproach, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress. It's for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. When we're thinking we're in need, when we're thinking we're in the difficulty, in the trials, in the things that seems like uh, getting uh, so worse, there's a, almost like a no hope for it. But God said, when I'm weak, then I am strong. Amen. When you have that divine love for the Lord, for His Word, in the worst situation that you are in, but when you projected that divine love that is in you to love God, no matter what's happened, no matter what happened to you, it's in that time, the sovereign grace going to coming down and to take it over. You probably heard and in China there was many, uh, those people was affected by the, uh, uh, I think they called the coronavirus and things. And so they're just uh, getting worse all the time. Then I just uh, got, a, uh, got some, uh, uh, brothers and the sister that attacked me or called me and said, some, uh, you know, all the, uh, some of the city, uh, many of the city has been locked down. Uh, the cities are uh, uh, being uh, closed, and nobody going in, and nobody uh, can uh, going out. Some uh, some of the believers they living in the most um, uh, affected uh, uh, one of the most affected area, and so they have to go out. They cannot even go out of the house. Uh, if you got five thousand square feet and two acre, you don't go out of the house. It doesn't affect you very very much. But when you only got a four hundred square feet and in that one room bachelor suite, you can't go out, and you get crazy. And then the, some of the believers, they have to be locked in the house uh, in that uh, high-rise apartment. They cannot go out. The only time they allow to go out of the place is uh, twice a week they can go to get a grocery. And then when they go out, they must get a permit and check their temperature. And when they're coming back, and they have to check their temperature and hand in the, the permit, and then they go back to their room. And day after day after day, there was some believer already locked in their house for more than twenty days, and then they couldn't go out. They were only allowed to go to get a grocery, and uh, every uh, uh, twice uh, every week. And then uh, uh, the, the brother, uh, some of the brother told me, he said, uh, he said, you know, if I'm not the believer, I will be definitely to be driving dro- driven crazy. He said that the people, that some some of the people that in their a little uh, in their apartments. Uh, in our condo just doesn't even, uh, doesn't even act normal. It's the people just, uh, just losing it. You know, they just can't handle this, uh, anymore. Yeah. And, uh, and I asked the brother and some of the, you know, he said some of the, uh, sisters and they just want to have a the meeting. They just haven't want a service. But even the service, all service was canceled. Nobody allowed to have any service. No matter you're a house church or you're a three self church. No matter you're a Buddhist or you're a Muslim, nobody allowed to have any gathering. And you have to be stay at home. And so some of the, the believers um, uh, in one of the place, is not as, um, uh, as a strict as uh, that one. And they texted to each other and they said, you know, that's us uh, just meet uh, in some of the park and just sing a few songs and uh, just a pray uh, with each other. Because the believer they want to have a service, yeah. and then um, I asked the brother, I said, then what you do? And they said, the only thing that we do, we can uh, only uh, have a service online. And then the pastor at his own home and uh, just using a, a live cam that uh, broadcasts or whatever uh, that he was preaching that to his congregation, they just use it online and to listening uh, to uh, to the preaching. Uh, that's all they can have a uh, have service. But you know, by God's grace, not a one of them was infected with this virus. The God is still his protecting God. There is a hundreds of thousands of the fall on your left and tens of thousands of fall on your right, but this plague will never come near to you. God has his promise to us. And then I said, that what you are doing every day? Well, they said, "Where well, every day we're just translating the message. Every day we're just uh, putting in a message uh, online. I said, praise the Lord. And that is the good thing. Whenever a devil thinking he has got to apprehend, the Lord always uh, put his hand down said, you have no rights to do this. Every time uh, when we're thinking we're in the trials, we're in the difficulty, we're in the, seems like an unending tunnel, God is always there. He said, my strengths. He said, oh, as Paul said, for when I'm weak, then I am, I am strong. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness. He never lost a battle yet. And God is still moving. But you see, what's the problem? What we have is we have this earthen vessel. And this earthen vessel has constantly giving us the problem. And we're living in this earthen vessel. One day we're living in this earthen vessel, we will be bothered by it. But God gave us a promise so that when we're in this earthen vessel, even when we're sick, he still is a healer. Even when we are bound or, be, or bound by Satan, he tried to do things to affect us, but God promised us that he is the mighty deliver. But you see, before... Oh, let's go back to a little bit. When God created heaven and the earth, and so uh, uh, I think the, uh, I'll give you the quotes a, a little later. And He created a universe, and, and He created an earth. And the brother Pan was talking about. He said it's like a and when he's on the earth, the, the volcano uh, was a um, break force, and there's um, a lava this is coming uh, ber- belching it out. And then there's a cool off. And uh, what is God doing? God is creating the world, created the earth. But you see, our body was laid in the earth when it was there. Our body was made from the 16 uh, the elements. And when God created us, and we're already, our body, of the elements, is already laid in this, all this volcanic rock. This our body. The elements is already laid on the uh, in this earth, because if you burn yourself, every our body was made from potassium and the calcium or petroleum or the cosmic light or whatever. If you burn into ashes, it was just the the dust. That's why when you die, you are a dust to go back to the dust. But you see, even during those time, our body was made from the earthly uh, elements. But who made us? God made us. But even when before God made us, our body already laid in those dirt. And then in the book of Ezekiel 28, 13, it said, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. It talk about a Satan. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sard is the topaz and the diamond and the beryl the the onyx and the jasper the sapphire the the emerald and the carbuncle and the the workmanship of thy uh, taberates and of thy pipes that were prepared in the in the day that thou was created yeah, right, yeah. who created satan god created satan he was a lucifer he was an angel but then he perverted this war from uh, starter from the heaven, but then the war go down on earth. But still, God created Satan. No matter how powerful his sense of this being is, but still, he got a creator. If he got a creator, that means that there's a stronger one than him. It seems like the one that perverted his world into such a degree, seems there is no pureness, there is no holy, no nothing there, but still let us remember God created him. There is a stronger one more than anything that Satan can put forth. It seems like it's difficult. It seems like he's is to throw trials after trials before you. But that's the only thing that Satan can do, can throw into trial. But after he's thrown into trial, that doesn't belong to his domain anymore. Because that's God's domain in that trial. And then the Bible said that thou art the anointed cherubim that covers. his anointed cherubim. Who anointed him? God anointed him. He cannot be a self-anointed. God anointed him to be a cherubim. Remember that. And then the Bible said, and I have set thee soul. Who set him up? God set him up. God put him up in this position that he's at. Then it said, that thou Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Who put him in the holy mountain of God? God put him in the holy mountain of God. He said that thou has walked up and down in the midst of the storms of fire. Even during those times when God created this earth, the volcano start to belching out. And that all the lavas started to uh, putting forth uh, the, the, the fire stones. At that time, Satan is already there. He was uh, casted from heaven down onto the earth. Even during those times, he already walked back and forth on the earth. Who's in that earth? You and me are in that earth. We are in those dirt. But before God can make in us, Satan already walking back and forth. What is it? Footprint means possession. Even before God can use the earth to make your body, to make your earthen vessel, at that time Satan already put a claim on it. And he walked back and forth. Said so footprint means possession. You belong to me, Jeff. You belong to me, Sterling. You belong to me, Brother Saint John. Even during those times, thousands of years ago, when God before He ever made you, before you were ever formed, Satan said, "You belongs to me." Brother Abram said that the power of devil. I hate to talk about this subject. But this is what we need to talk about. He said, I want you to look at it. Study it for a minute. Every one of us under the domain of Satan here in this world, which is his. He walked in the fiery brimstones before there was a creature on it. Before God making anything, Satan already walked on the dirt. Before God making an animal, he already walked on there. Before God making a bird, he already walked on there. Before everything happens, Satan already walking back and forth to claim every one of them. And he said, he walked in the fire brimstone before there was a creature on it. It belongs to him. He's a ruler of it tonight. And every government, every politics, he's the ruler. No matter if it's a communist or a democracy... Who is sitting on the throne? Satan sitting on the throne. No matter is it a Mr. Trudeau or Mr. Trump, the man is a good man. The man maybe had a good heart to do, want to do things as good. But it's the Satan behind it. Every government and every politics. He said he is the ruler. That's why we have wars, and rumors of wars and troubles. He already claimed that even before. God has created anything with this earth. And then in God's confidence with Abraham, it is the seed. But Abraham said, I believe that Satan is a perverter. But not a creator. Because God is the only one who can create. And in the beginning, when he become a co-partner to God, the son of the morning and so forth, when he walk up and down a fiery brimstone and so forth, that's when Satan perverted a good to evil. When he was walking around there, with back and forth, the in the dirt that God created, He got a little of lights there, and He created all these things that are on earth, the volcano browsing, browsing, everything. When God is making that, is creating that, Satan is already there, perverted everything. But it doesn't stop God. Let me go further on. Now the lily come from the earth, so did you. If that be so, then we were here. Our body were on the earth before there was any life there. uh, Before there was any life here. We are made of uh, 16 elements, different elements of the earth. That's potash, calcium, petroleum, cosmic light, and so forth, and held together by atoms. 16 atoms of the earth is that our bodies were laying spread out on this earth before there was any type of life on the earth your body is already laid on the earth they said a potash calcium petroleum a cosmic light and it was here at a creation as that a volcano volcanic was thrown out they told us that a burst and the form and the material of the earth and so forth It's just a burning brimstone as it was Satan's possession. As he walked up and down the fiery brimstone of the earth. And then when God cooled it off and set it over there in this great mind, he had something in his mind that he was going to do. And then when God created the first man, Adam... The Bible said that the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground. He used the same dirt that Satan has walked on. And it created the first man. And it brings into his nostril the breath of life. And the man become a living soul. We're thinking if we want to do something, we want to create something that is holy. We want to do something that is absolutely pure. We don't want anything to be a, a put himself put the, the wrong thing into it. But you see, when God created heaven and earth, when God created the first man, He didn't create it with the holy dirt. God created the first man Adam with the dirt that Satan already walked on. He created the first man, Adam, with the dirt that Satan already perverted. When God created you, it's the same way. He didn't use the angel's body to make you a Theophany body. But He created you with the same 16 elements. We're born from our parents. They're eating the 16, 16 elements, with the things out of the verse, the, the, the vegetables, the, the meat, or the, whatever that is. It's all, if you go back to the roots of it, it's all the 16 elements. When God created every one of us, He didn't use the holy dirt to create us, but He used the perverted dirt to create this earth's vessel. Satan probably was laughing. When God do his creation. Because when he was walking back and forth on this earth, and when he saw God created the man, that it was a, God is His image, and then he formed, he took the dirt from the earth and formed the body of man. Then Satan said, I can do something with this. Because of this dirt has been perverted. This dirt has, the Satan has to walk it along. But you see, it never stopped God to do His creation. Because God has in a mind that there was something that He need to do. God is the creator. But He is the one that has an attribute that is in Him. It has to be expressed. As the Brother Tim, Moses was speaking this morning, there's a healer that in there needs to be expressed. There's a deliverer that in there need to be expressed. There is an emancipator that's in there that needs to be expressed. It has to take this type of earthen vessel so that he can express his attributes. But you see, though God created this earthen vessel, Satan can say, I can claim this. It belongs to me. Because their body is made from the sixteen elements that I have been walking back and forth has been claimed. This is my own. God never stopped him to claiming that. He still let Satan to do. But as we said in the beginning, brother Tim, brother this morning also, it's the stronger to let the weaker. I think I shared this as a before years ago, uh, years ago about a brother John Sacker. I was uh, playing a uh, racquetball with him. And he said, uh, Mur- Murphy, I-, I can play uh, a racquetball with you. And he, uh, uh, he said, I'll give you, a- I forgot how many points. I think a 12 point or something. He said, I'll give you 11 points. I was thinking, you must be joking. I, uh, uh, you're at a, you're at a 70, a 60 years old man. I'm still 20 then. I said, uh, uh, I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. And he said, well, I said, I'll give you the 11 points. And, that, uh, he, he showed me to the court and the one where he started to play and I lose one point and I lose the second point, I lose the third point. I said, yeah, that's okay. I still got my many points. Uh, no matter how bad I am, at least I should have got one point and then I'll, I'll be winning. And then just so I want to get to five or six, seven, eight, I start getting sweating. I said, this doesn't look very good. I gave all my force to it. Isn't that like Satan. You know why Satan is so giving his all forth? Because he saw his losing. This is coming to the end. He got nothing to hold on. This is a, he coming to the end time that he put all his force in because of this, this. is the last chance. But that is, I understand that God is a professional. He's a creator. He created Satan. Satan is a trend by God. No matter how powerful that it is, he still is our apprenticeship. He still has a master. Then when getting to an eight, nine, ten, I really give myself. I feel I even want to pull his leg. He want to just, just do something not very, very shady. Because you really want to win, but he was just a cool. I don't even see his sweat. I said, this must be kidding. How in the world he doesn't sweat? He's just standing in the, in the middle, just back and forth, and back and forth, and back and this. It was like you're playing with me. And then when he got into the even 11, I lost my whole zeal. All my passions gone. I said, this is ridiculous. You know, sometimes you just have to fight to Satan to come to the time to your last breath. It's like a body Robinson said, he said, I'm going to bite the Satan with my teeth. Even my teeth, got, I'm going to gum him to death. When the person to have that determination, yeah. Yeah. Satan will finally give up on them. Yeah. You know, I don't understand why Satan keep bugging Brother Ron. Time after time, he's been losing. I, I was thinking, he called him a dumb devil. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, but it, was, it is dumb. Why started? Why you have to? Time after time after time, you try to put him out from the floor, try to let him drop. You didn't kill him. You try to burn him down. You didn't burn him to death. You get him a stroke. You're doing this. You're doing that. All of that. Everything failed. Why he doesn't learn? That I'm thinking about the bride of Jesus Christ tonight. Some of are here twenty years, some of here are thirty years, some maybe they're just a newcomer, some maybe they're just a few months, some maybe just a few few a few a year or two. But let us remember, God is the Creator. Satan is only an apprenticeship. God let him to do that. God anointed him. God put him around. God even don't stop him to use the dirt that they walk on to create you and me. That means that God has a power in control of everything. But you see. When Satan was doing all of that, he was walking back and forth. God never stopped using that to create a you and me. Satan said, I claim them because they belong to me. But little did he know, God has to claim us long time before He can claim us. Before He ever created this earthen vessel, He already put a gene. Of God. That is in us. Amen. He already put us the attribute. He already put our name. In the book of life. Amen. Lamb's book of life. Because before everything down. He's already explained the lamb. Before the foundation of the world. Amen. Satan maybe can claim. This earthen body. This earthen vessel. But he couldn't claim the soul. That is in us. Satan might be walking back and forth and trying to possess this uh, 16 element but long before he can claim us God already put his own life that is in us so no matter how he tried to do but all he can do is to do this earthen vessel but God already put a gin that is in us and when God put the gin that is in the people that uh who Who was considered to be the attributes of a God? They considered to be the bride of Jesus Christ. There's nothing is going to overcome that gene seed that God has put it in you. The Brother Abraham said, "In an invis- invisible union of the bride of uh, Christ." He said that that's the reason you was a bore and adulteress. You are a sinner to begin with. Why? Because you are making from the same dirt that Satan has walked on. He said, "That's right. You was a deceived into it, but no, but no, you. It ain't your fault." He said, "You never did it because of that little germ that was in you was to be you." God put that a germ that in this earthen vessel. He put that a treasure in this earthen vessel. And when God put that a germ that's in you, that is the real you. And then in a certain time, when time has come, then His son did his word, the Holy Spirit, then it come down to give you the new birth. And then to make that germ alive. Then you are on the journey to overcome this earthen vessel that Satan has uh, possessed. Wow. Then the prophet said that, that the germ that was in you at the beginning had found you. So when the Holy Spirit quickens this germ that is in you. No matter what this earthen vessel it is. But there is a. Power that is laid in you has been quickened. All God needs to do is to let you to realize that, to recognize that. It's like the Gideon, the man of a valor, and that he already had the might that is in him. But it takes that an angel of the Lord to come and to bring him to realization. Let him to realize that he is the man of a valor. It's not what he's looking at himself, but it's what is the angel of the Lord has said about him. It's not what you look at yourself, what you say about yourself, but it's the angel of the Lord in this hour, how he say about you. And then, when the Holy Spirit quickens the germ, the gin, that is in the person, then now you live is not your own life, but it's the God's life that is the living in you, and when that germ was quickened, no matter what this earthen vessel is, but if that germ was quickened by receiving the Word, and that germ can shout it it out, said, "Give it back, Satan! Give it back. Whatever lost, it doesn't belongs to you. You're just a squatter." Then you can say, house of hell gave away to the name of God. Amen. Because you are the house of God. You are the name of Jesus Christ written on you. Amen. That's why Brother Bramus said in the gospel only provided a place of worship. He said, the Lord said that you're in my house, my children, Born of my gems. He said, Amen. Glory to God. My gems are in them. I put my word in them. I will write them upon the tables of their heart. That's my family. The family of the body of Jesus Christ. They family. Because you are the family... That's why he provided a sacrifice for you. That's why he provi- provided the sacrifice, the blood, for this, uh, earthen vessel. We have the germ, gene of God living in us. And by the Spirit, God quickens us. And then he only save that loss that belongs to him. Brother Bramah said that in the day on Calvary, he said for Satan, had the earth, the very rock that he once walked up and down on the earth, burning brimstones. Lucifer was the son of the morning, and he walked on the earth when he was a burning volcanic. He said, those same rocks that had cooled off when Jesus died out of Calvary vouched forth out of the earth. He said that the price that was paid and the bondage of Satan was broken. When he dropped his blood on this earth, it was a show to the, to the Satan that this earth has been bought back. And that I'll say when you received the Holy Spirit, it was also a show that this earth has been bought back. The germ that's living in us has been quickened. The gene seed that is living in you has been quickened by the word of God. And when that life has been quickened, it shows only one thing. God has paid the price for this earthen vessel. Satan has no rights and no power that's holding this earthen vessel anymore. That's why that inside of you that you can rise up and say, to Satan, give that back to me. You have no power, no dominion that over this earthen vessel anymore. That's why we can overcome him. That's why we can overcome the temptation. That's why when Satan tries to put a condemnation in you, that you can say that who that in God, in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation to them anymore. In the unveiling of God. But Abraham said. He came as the son of man. The prophet. Down done exactly. He said. Even that little woman. In all of her sin. There at the well. She recognized him. He talked about the, the Samaritan women. And think about this woman. Is in all her sin. And she got a five husbands. And the one that is with her. Is not even Her husband. But there's one thing that she did. She recognized who that Messiah is. How she recognized? Is it because she got a discernment? No. It's because she's the seed of God. Because she's the jinn of God. That's why God led her to recognize that who this Messiah is. And she's and the um, Brother Graham said she recognized it because she was a predestinated seed. And think about it, no matter what earth. Or an earthen vessel that this uh, woman is. But inside of that, there is a predestinated seed there. And that predestinated seed was so powerful. when is just quickened and it didn't make her recognize who Jesus is. And all the education doesn't make her recognize. And all those Pharisees, though they're keeping the law, they're holy as they can be. But they couldn't make her recognize. But by the pre- but a personage of this Messiah just showed him before her that her recognized that who she is. Yes. She recognized that who he is. Is because that it is a person Jesus Christ and the Messiah become a person, no, person to person or face to face with her? Whenever that a person or the seed of the Christ, seed of God, when it's all face to face with Jesus Christ, he always quickens the seed that is in them. The reason that we haven't been quickened is because we haven't been face to face to really see them. But as soon as we saw who this Messiah that is, there's something that is living in us that was rising up to receiving it. Yeah. And I remember when I first saw this in the message, it was just something just inside of me said, this one is different. Yeah. Though I've been to go to this church and to that church, but what this man said, it was something different about what he said. And the one that will go into the message, you become more into it. And then you saw what God has approved this through and through, time at a time. And then when that Jesus becomes personal to you, it's not just some two thousand years ago, but it's the Jesus today. Then when you're face to face with Him, something inside of you was quickened. Then no matter what Satan tried to do on the outside, no bandage gonna bump you anymore, no chain gonna held you down anymore. Because of the inside of the life it was a quickened, there is a treasure that is in that earthen vessel. It just needs the light to shine upon it, and then when that is shining on it, and it something with something was quickened, that then it's a break of what is the earthen vessel's bondage. And Brother Abraham said that the rest of them didn't recognize it; they had nothing to recognize it with. Because they just have a no seed living in them. But you see, as we're living on the, in this earthen vessel, and sometimes we feel, you know, I'm just... The more we're looking at this body, the more we feel we're not matching the gospel. I'm not talking about you're drinking, you're smoking, you're doing adultery. But it seems like, Lord... It seems like I just cannot reach to what you has, uh, uh, ordained me to reach to. It seems like in our life, uh, just have uh, so much space, we need to grow into it. And it seems like uh, sometime, if the preacher was speaking about the high priest in the home, put your, put your home and into the order. It seems like it's the people who are godly, they're the first one. To get a condemned. Maybe not you. And it seems like whenever the preacher is preaching something, and it's uh, uh, let me say this, the people need to be condemned, it seems like they never got a condemned. The people will live a godly life, but it seems like a condemned just all the time. And one um, preacher if we preach about uh that we need to have the prayer life. I think we're uh I, I won't say we I'm the first one Said Lord, I need to, uh uh to getting my prayer life uh into um uh getting better. Yeah. Yeah. My word is so limited. I'm sorry about that. And it seems like uh whenever the, the preacher was to see anything. Is those are people who live in a godly life, and who are the people who believe in the Lord. It seems like they're the first one. And, uh, to just say to the Lord, you know, I'm not just there. Lord, I'm just, a, am just a, so, um, uh, such a failure. I'm just a, such a dude of things. The Lord is just so many things. It seems like I just couldn't get a, rich a, a reach to. And it seems like the Lord had a, a certain, uh, life in front of us. But sometimes we feel, which is so far from it. I say, you're not alone. Good. Gideon is the person Good. like that. Yeah. And he was uh, on the wine, wine press and just uh, tried to uh, get a living, just uh, beating up some wheat, uh, barley, and try to uh, live a life. And it seems like the life is just so hard for him. And but then the angel of the Lord coming to him. And the angel of the Lord said to him, you're the mighty man of valor." And Gideon probably thinking, who am I? I couldn't even save myself. I couldn't even get my own life straightened up. I couldn't even get my life. It seems like I just get so much space and need to grow. It seems like I just... uh, Oh, not to live a life that I was uh, uh, as I want to be. How can I even be a mighty man of valor? Yeah. Yeah. And then the angel said, "By this might, you gonna save the whole Israel? Me? No, Send a revival in the whole Colorado Bible way? Are you joking? No. Me? Be an example of my family, not only my family but the other family as well. Me? I can hardly survive." How can I let my influence to influence other people? I can hardly to let myself to become a, you know, strong enough, just get up. I just go through a trial. I just go through a dark time that in my life, it seems like I just, uh, a little bit of light there. Lord, uh, me, I'm just a weaker vessel as it can be. Whatever the preacher says, uh, you know, they go to your position, they listen to the message. Lord, the whole week, I haven't even listened to the message yet. Wow. You must be, immerse yourself in the message every hour. And then when it seems about the woman, you know, the sister, that, uh, you know, you go to your position, it seems like every time I'm out of my position. Telling my husband, you need to do this, you need to do that. Of course, it's not on COVID Bible way. Just for some poor people on the internet, you know. <laughs> and for the husband, for the wife, for the uh, father, you know, you need to be uh, straightening yourself up. Get rid of the, the habits that you shouldn't have. You spend too much time on the things that you wasted. Lord, Me? I'm the mighty man of Viler. That is that the angel said to them about you. And then when Gideon gave it all his, his, his excuse and all the things he said, and you know, I'm the list. I'm the, uh, my family is the poorest in the whole, whole Manasseh tribe. And you know, I haven't done this. I haven't do this. But an angel of the Lord said, by this thy might, you're going to save the whole Israel. In another word, it's not what you look at yourself. It's what I look at you. In this thy might, I already put something that is in you. That power already lay in you. The might already lay in you. The overcoming power is already lay in you. The overcome the habit, overcome the trial, overcome the sickness, overcome the, the bondage. Everything is already lay in you. It's not only just to quicken you, but just to realize I already put that into you. No matter what earthen vessel, you're thinking you are weak. You're thinking that you're not strong at all. You're thinking you are no strength. But don't worry, there is a treasure living in there. I saw that. You might not saw that, but by the preaching of the word, I saw that. Now I want you to know, by your might that is already in you, you're going to deliver your children. You're going to deliver your family. You're going to be a, a right influence to the things to the people that's beside you. Yeah. It's not what you say about you. It's about what I saw that is already living in you. Yeah. Satan may be walking you back and forth like what he did to the Gideon. That he could become so timid that he couldn't even publicly to testify that he is an Israelite. He believed in the Lord. He had no power to fight he maybe got a statue. He maybe still go to church. He may be thinking that, saying that he's still the believer, but he just have no strength. The Satan just work over it on him, day in and day out. Just as Satan work over it on you, day in and day out. And finally coming to the time, he was living, he was in the wine price. Then just beating some wheat, try to survive. And it's supposed to have the stimulation of the revelation, but in order, instead of that, the only thing, hey God, is just to get some away to try to live. Amen. Just try to come to the church, maybe just to believe in the word, maybe just to reading some of message, maybe just, a uh, just, a listening to the preaching, just to try to get by with to try to be a survivor. Wow. When God said, you are a mighty valor. Wow. How? When said that? that? When the angel come down to me. When the angel, when the word of this hour coming down to meet your need, he's telling you, you are a mighty man of Avila. It's because the treasure, I put it in you. As I ended here, I was contemplating, should I say this or should I not? I'm going to share this. Few weeks ago, Emperor uh, Ron was here, and he preached a marvelous, marvelous service. You don't have to read something behind him. I believe there's many, many people's life has touched. And many uh, people's life, and we are recheck ourselves. And also, it was a bring uh, such a power, it was a, such a strength, and uh, you know, I, I, I'll say, uh, it would just, uh, I don't have the right word for it. It just blessed me so much. But you see, the thing that, that is, when God gives us something to us, He needs us to put our expectation. He needs us to give ourselves to it. Not try to not just try to condemning or uh, doing this or or, or or don't pay attention or you you cannot go to too extreme. You cannot just uh, constantly just don't pay attention to the word of God, but you cannot constantly condemning yourself with it either. Right, right. But you see, you need to put all your life to it. Amen. No matter whatever capacity or ability that you have, you need to put whatever God give it to you and put it on the line. If just like in the, the Bible that was, that was just said over here. When they met an angel. When the word is speaking to him. And he has to take it as a basket of a meat. And he has to take it as a broth. And to put on this rock. On this revelation. what is the Lord has to give it to you? And then put it as a, a poured out. That means that you poured out your life. To what is you have heard. And then the fire from the rock. From the revelation of the word, consume the whole things that He put it on there. And one before Brother Ron came, I was uh, I was praying, and at that time I didn't even tell him. I went, later I showed, I shared it to my wife. I was uh, praying. I something just burning in me. I said, Lord, I want a personal God. Lord, I know You met me many many times. But if we are a believer, it just seems like never gonna satisfy us. We just have a more, Lord, I just want more. The more you have, the more you want to have. The more you have, it seems like, Lord, I just don't have nothing. And we just created such a hunger that it's even that's before Brother Wrong come. It's not because of Brother Wrong, this person. Brother Wrong just come into the right place in the right time to meet my need. To meet your need. But who makes you to have a need? God know you have a need. God said to Gideon, "Time's enough. Time to be a coward should be stopped now. This is the time that you need to get out of your at one price. This is the time that you need to get out of it try to be a survivor. This is the time to be a man of a vile. But without I knowing it. But something's just burning in me. I prayed for myself. I prayed for my family. i pray, pray for you too. I said, Lord, we need a, not a, not a revival. What is the world called a revival? Lord, I need a personal God. Yeah, yeah. I need a, something that is a, just almost like a walk out of the page of walking right in front of me. Yeah. I want to meet that an angel. Yeah. Not just an angel, it's just a, a wizard a win, yeah. but a Lord to become a personal. He can speak. He can deliver. He can heal. He can break the bondage. He can break the chain. He can change the life. He can transform a life. I'm desiring for that. And Another one in prayer. I lay myself on the floor. I prostrated before the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to know you. I know I met you before. I know you're always good to me. I know you always blessed me. But Lord, I just want you to become more personal than ever. Then I prayed. And then I said, Lord, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to come into the church. Not to just listen to the preaching. I'm going to come to the church. To looking forward to things to happen. That should be the attitude of every one of us. We're coming to church to see things happen. We're coming to a church with such expectation that if God doesn't meet our need, we'll be dumbfounded. Then I come into the church, and I up there I was translating, and what I even before I was translating, I was kneel down down there every time, almost every time. Whenever you pray, I kneel down down there I the Lord. I don't, know, I don't care whoever prayed, for Jeff or for Victor, I kneel down there and I say, Lord, me my need. I know I'm translating the message for the believers in the China, but Lord, I have a need. My need, I want a personal God. You young couples, don't let a marriage life swallow you. It can be very easily to be swallowed by the daily life that you're living in. You're not just a young marriage couple. Now you have a moral responsibility. You're coming in at a more dangerous time in this hour. You have to make a living. I understand that. You have to go to work. I understand that. You have to pay your bill. I understand that. But you're more closer than ever. But close to the rapture time. To the body change time. This is the time to be like a Gideon, not to settle down, just to do, to have something that is survival to their need, but this is the time to be a man of a mighty, mighty man of valor. The angel has been speaking to you. The angel is coming to you. The angel has a service after service after service has a try to telling us, I pulled out a treasure that into you. You're not just an earthen vessel being traded by the Satan from the years of ago, but there is a treasure there's a predestination to see there that need to be quickened, need to come to life. And that I also prayed as the Lord, I want you to become a person of God to me, Lord. And while I prayed, you know what? You probably, you can go back to listen to the service. And Brother Ron come back behind a pulpit. And he said, and actually I was praying, I said, Lord, you come to my address. I know you've been done that before, but Lord, I want you to come to my address. Can you give me a few minutes? I'll just finish this. And then, Brother wrong. as soon as I come behind the pulpit, you know what he said? He said, today, I'm going to come to your address. And the tears started coming down my life. I said, Lord, I know you are a person of God. I know you want to meet my need. And my whole spirit was heightened. And I was listening to every word. I was translating that as well, because I'm looking forward to that. If we can put that into every service that will we have, we will become a different church. If we can put that in every service, the message that we're listening to, not just taking it as a, from one year in and one year out, you will become a different person. You will become a different family. You young people will become a different young people. And I was praying and I was translating and as the words is going, And then I said to the Lord, can you become a more personal? And then, uh, there's a, I didn't think there was a prayer line, I think that they just come for prayer. And after the service, is that a, I think the title is called The Name and the a Leper. And I was a, I was a upstairs there when he was speaking about, altar. Uh, the leper, Naaman, and it speaks well, to the people that had a double life. You know what? I'm the first one before you ever come over here and kneel down. I said, Lord, I don't want a double life. I wanted a life that is worthy for the gospel. If there's anything, Lord, that is in me, make me live a double life. Lord, at this moment, I want that to be taken away. I pour my heart to you. I'm transparent before you. I feel the Lord many times. I've done the things that so there's many times. I should do better. I should know better. But I didn't do that. I feel that so, I missed so many opportunities. Sometimes I can save a person. But just because of my own personality. Because of my own timid. I missed the chance. Sometimes I want to live a life before the Lord. But sometimes you lost your temper. Because sometimes you saw the people. You speak to them. You speak to them. It seems like they just don't want to listen to what you say to them anymore. You know, I come to them at the times and say, Lord, if they don't want to listen, do I have to preach to them? And sometimes I even say to myself, you know, we got a lot of preachers here. Why Murphy need to preach? I said it before to Brother, Brother Ed. I said to Brother Ed, "Don't you think the work of a Chinese already mature that I should quit? I should just find myself a job and just, uh, you know, instead of just uh, uh, doing a preaching I don't like to do. I have that in my soul too, and I have to to, to confess, Lord, I don't want to be like that." Lord, if you call me to do a ministry, if you call me to be the benefit to the, the people, of the Lord, let me give my whole heart to it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Brother Ron was a the preaching, then I I saw people start to coming coming forth. I'm the first one that kneeled down on the floor. I was repenting before the Lord. I said, Lord, I want to live a life that's worthy for the gospel. I want to live the life that I give my whole self to the Word. Give my whole self to this Gospel. Don't let my eyes just be focused on those of my new things. But Lord, give me the real vision that I should have. I was praying. I was praying up there. Then, I saw the people started coming up. Then I saw Joe walk up. I think Brother Ron called you. You know what I thought? I said, Lord, I wish, is my name is called. I was you, Lord, I was praying, actually. I said, Lord, if you ever call my name, I'll be the ones that are coming down. How I wish it's not only Joe, but Lord, call my name so that I can be prayed for. And I called, and then Joe, after the, Joe was prayed, and I was there, I was sitting on there, I was watching the monitor. I said, Lord, I just wish that a brother wrong can call me. And to pray for me, and I saw the door open. You know, his it, hair raised up from my back. And because of the room was dark, I saw the door open. Guess who come in? No, not Brother Ron. <laughs> Brother Marco come in. Just as soon as Joe was finished to pray, Joe lifted up his, his hand. And while I was praying, I said, "Lord, I wish Brother Ron could call my name." And I saw the door open. Brother Marco walking in. I look at him, he look at me, I don't know what. Then he come, I thought he, uh, you know, maybe it was some transition, didn't hear the, uh, didn't hear the transition of things. I was still translating, but I'm watching him. Then he sitting, he coming in, he'll stand a little bit, then he sitting beside my chair. Then he motioned to me to stop. So I, I clicked that. You listen to the, uh, to the transition. You probably hear that. Then I, li- I put it down. I put in my, I put down my earphone. And, uh, I was looking at him and the brother Marco said, is that a brother Murphy? He said, I don't know even what. I may be not a quote exactly to the word brother Marco, but he said, a brother Murphy, something just inside of me said, go up there, go up there. Let Brother Murphy pray for you. Is that what it is, Brother Marco? He said, Brother Marco, he said, go up there. Let Brother Murphy pray for you. Brother Marco, that time I was praying for myself. I was asking the Lord, Lord, I don't want to live a double life. Lord, if there's anything that's in there that I do this wrong, Lord, I repent before you right now. Do you realize that repenting doesn't take a whole year? Repenting doesn't take it a whole month, doesn't take it a whole day, doesn't take it a whole hour, but just in that heart, when you have the desire for the Lord, Lord saw that. Amen. And when he saw that, he sent it a man that are coming up to there, not let me to pray, not let him to pray for me, but God said, I want you to pray for my child. I was in my heart, I was thinking, how can I pray for you? I was praying for myself. But you see, when you pray to the Lord, even it doesn't take even just the one minute before the Lord, Lord said, I forgive you. Amen. Even just when you'll be coming before, when you have that desire that in your heart, the Lord, I don't want nothing else. I just want you. It's just that quick. Then the Lord sends another person up there and said, now you can pray for my child. That's how they come this Gideon. When he was thinking to himself that just a nobody, when he was thinking to himself that he was just a, just a weaker vessel as he can be, but the Lord said that you are a man of a mighty, you are the mighty man of a viler. Brothers, you might be thinking you are the weaker vessel. You might be thinking that you are nothing. You might be even thinking that do I live a double life? But if we do live a double life, let's get before the Lord. Lord, I've failed you so many times, but Lord, you correct me. Lord, I maybe do things that is wrong, but Lord, I'm repenting before you. Let my life live a worthy of this gospel. You know God here in our prayer, right at that moment. Then He call you, you are the man of a, you are the mighty man. Of a violer, You know, brothers and sisters, you might be thinking you're only surviving. You might be thinking you're doing so many things that's wrong. You might be thinking you're so weak. You might be thinking you're just ruined it so many times. You might be thinking you're the least of the manassa. like Gideon was thinking. You might be thinking you're alive, that you're giving too many too many hours to the things that you're not supposed to give. You might be thinking you're just trying to struggle and this or that. But by the treasure that is living in that earthen vessel, God said, you are the mighty man of a viler. And you can become an influence to your home. You high priest, you can go back home with your chest set up and become a high priest in your home. Say, Lord, I repent before you. If there's anything that I've done wrong, Lord, from today on, correct me. And let me live a life that's a worthy thing for the gospel. Let me live a life to worship. For it is a message, and you watch God. It will come on the sin if He can come to me by a brother. Lord, and put something in his heart to walk it all the way up at a, to the Tudor Translation Room. Said, burn Murphy, I don't even know why I come over here. Now I know why you have to come on over here because the Lord needed to give me a confirmation." I hear your prayer. I'm listening to a sincere heart. No matter what it is, no matter how weak you are, no matter what happened to you, I'm listening to a sincere heart. Let a musician come. You can become a mighty man, the violer. Can save your home. Can deliver your children. Can become a servant of God. Maybe not a serve behind the pulpit, but you can serve even in the funeral. You can serve in the the, the wedding. You can serve in the kitchen. You can serve it as a many area the Lord can put you in. You don't have to be. You have to remember God doesn't choose the holy dirt to create you. He chose the perverted by Satan that earth. He make this earthen vessel, but he said, "I put a treasure that is in there." I put my own life that is in there. I even provided a sacrifice that when you fall, when you stumble, when you sometimes you're thinking, Lord, even the Satan maybe to come to you said, if you are a believer, look at what you did. If you are a believer, think of how weak you are. Say that you have no faith. You have no, you have no don't listen to him. The angel of God said to you, "You are the mighty man of Avila." Let us stand. Shall we sing a song in Christ alone, brother? Right. Mm -hmm. as the powerful God has a living in each one of us. And we're not standing on some man's word, but we're standing on what God has said about us. You know, when I was uh, doing a study uh, yesterday, I was thinking about uh, our brother Hugh, uh, Sister Sylvia. What a mighty warrior that we have. And uh, on his deathbed and his testimony has touched the many heart and encouraged the many people. Probably even more than what he can do while he was uh, in his uh, perfect health. And to the, the believers, the brother Jim and sister Shirley, they, how, they can't stop talking about how that the Lord has used Brother Hugh to become a testimony that to, uh, to them. And in this, uh, on his uh, sick bed. It was a still proofreading of the German message. When I look at it, it's a feeble hand, and he has to put his, his hand, to control his hand, try to push the cursor, try to put a one sentence down. And on the website, I was thinking, Lord, this is a mighty man of fire. This is the warrior that he gives us a whole life that is true to the gospel. You know, brothers and sisters, you might look at yourself as just as a, uh, as a weak person. But God has saw something that is in you. Then He said to you, go in this thy might. He already put that might in you. Let us a conquer. Let us believe what is God has said. Let us put faith on the promise of a God. We're not a coward. We're not a weakling. We're the mighty warrior of God. By you thinking, no. By what God has thought about you. And this is not your battle. And this is God's battle. He said, Didn't I send you? He said, I will be with you. No matter where you go, I will go with you. That's the same. The battle is the Lord, brother of mine. Can you lead us? Before we pray.